Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast and our interview series. My name is Troy, joined as always by my man Jay. How are you, my dear? I'm all good. Good man, good man. And we are here today uh, to bring on a very special guest, uh, an esteemed guest, all the way from Germany. It's the Axeman, Axel Tischer. How are you, mate? I'm good. Hello, Troy. Hello, James. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. Like Appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you've been a busy man. You just saying before we started, you uh, you're in the UK not too long ago, and you, you're, you're back home now, and everything's a bit hectic. How how is things? How's how's life? Life life is good. I'm very happy. I'm very grateful. Life is treating me well, so I cannot complain about that. Um, so in general, I'm I'm pretty busy, as you say. Uh, we we talked before, moved apartments, so you know, private life is, is running wild. Um, my 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 second kid will come in August, and so that's also a big adventure. I'm really wow. looking forward. Congratulations! My, thank you. My my son right now he's three years old. Yeah. He's, he's going nuts as well. So he, he's developing and growing so, super, super fast. So it's, it's a pleasure just to be around him like uh, day in, day out. And then also my, um, yeah, my, 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 my passion life uh, in, a, in a different way. Passion for family, passion for professional wrestling. So professional wrestling is doing well. Um, yeah, as well. And I'm busy there also. Um, in, in, in a very nice, positive way. So, you know, cannot complain at all. Good to hear. Good to hear. After the last couple of years uh, for everyone, I think it's it's nice to hear some positivity and, and things going well for people. Yeah, so really, sure, really good. Sure. Um, we'll kick off that with the usual question we asked straight away is, is what did you, how did you get into wrestling? What made you decide to be a, a professional wrestler? And, and, you know, when did you start? How young were you? So I got into professional wrestling because my parents used to watch it. And uh, for all the lads in the UK, it's uh, probably, uh, it was a different scenario because uh, in the UK, the culture of professional wrestling with the world of sports, being a part of that show and everything is uh, probably some more historic. But for me and the place where I'm from, I'm from Dresden, Germany, which is the east side of Germany. And back in the day, that was like the, the Iron Curtain. So we did not have a Western influenced uh, like way of television. Everything was more like towards the Russian side. So we did not have cable television. So everything what was broadcasted was probably something Eastern European stuff or like Eastern German stuff. And professional wrestling was more like, you know, from the States, especially WWE in that time, or just World of Sports, because England was more like uh, on the Western side of the Iron Curtain. So after the uh, wall uh, got teared down in uh, 89, so the East side of Germany got influenced by uh, Western culture. So that means we had cable television and we could watch professional wrestling. Also, 
the wrestling culture in Germany there was still going, not as big as it used to be in the 80s and 70s, but it still was, you know, pretty going. So in the end, you could watch it on television. Me as a five-year-old, I was super like fan for the cartoons, He-Man and Turtles. So I was always, you know, thriving towards the comic characters. And then my parents watched wrestling. And I remember that they watched some like a press conference between the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. So that was my first thing where I remember I got in touch with it. But I really remember in a good way that I watched 1993 and it was WrestleMania 9, Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. And I was hooked. I was hooked. Like Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart. Those are the main characters for me back in the day. And then like all the other greats, Razor Ramon and Crush and Doink and Papa Chango and like all those, those uh, flashy characters. So I got in touch with wrestling with that. Then I had a break because I went to school and it was broadcast very late. So I couldn't stand up, uh, stay up that late because I had to go to school. And then 1999 and especially 2000, right around 2000, I watched it back on, on television. And I think uh, what I know from uh, one of the legendary German commentators, uh, commentators for WWE in that time, there was a huge gap because of uh, channel disputes, like politics, I don't know. But on free television, 2000, which is still for me one of the best years as a wrestling fan because it's, it's a crazy year, uh, like main feud triple h and the rock and steve austin came back and you know all those uh, crazy good matches and pay-per-views so that was for me my main year i was 13 years old and that was also the year when i started training professional wrestling where i got in touch physically with uh my first steps inside a venue where somebody trained or even my first steps inside the wrestling ring so basically i started with 13 <laughs> professional training probably 2006 so you know six years later but in the end kind of like I watched it first as a fan and then a couple of years later like seven years later I got in touch with it and since then just you know haven't been that's a lot for life <laughs> yeah that's it did you come from quite um did you come from like a sporty background like when you're at school no. and college and stuff like that because no you often hear that a lot of professional wrestlers Certainly in America, they come from like a sort of yep. American football background or collegiate wrestling. Were you yep. kind of sporty as a child growing up, or was was that nothing that you, you got in touch with? I, I played I played football, <laughs> like soccer football, not the American football, um, of course, because yep. I'm a German and that's number one sport. Still, <laughs> there's like number one is sport, then nothing, and then somewhere the line the other. Um, so. And that sucks. But anyway, uh, I played football. I got in touch with sports really, really late. Um, I think around when I was 10 years old, then just, you know, playing on the streets, just being, you know, try to be Ronaldo or anything. So, but the first Ronaldo, not Cristiano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brazilian Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brazilian Ronaldo. <laughs> um, uh, probably watched, like, was a huge uh, football fan that time, like World Championships uh, 89, I remember. I was rooting for Brazil on that, that day. <laughs> so 
um, but in school, the system in Germany is not like it is in the States. And I guess not like it is in the UK where you have like a, a topic you can pick during school. Hmm. So if you want to be active in sport, you have to do it after school. Of course, you have the topic sport where you learn. I don't know if it's still the same, probably not because most of the younger lads are not very athletic anymore. But I had to learn gymnastics. I had to learn like like group games. I had to learn like how to do kind of physical, you know, movements. Anyway, mm -hmm. a forward roll, backward roll. But nowadays, again, I guess they they, they skip that topic because it's maybe too dangerous or laziness. We had I don't know. similar. We had PE, which was physical education, and then we had yeah. games. So games is always football, rugby, basketball, yeah. and PE was more <laughs> gymnastics, the trampoline, and and those sort of yes. core things like that. Yeah hopping over the the hurdle and stuff. that's it like yeah but <laughs> yeah. it's cool i think that's that's very fundamental like for for like kids because they have to move and they have to you know not only get educated in the rain also like physical just mm -hmm. for life i believe Absolutely. um but anyway just you know I, I was kind of like a little choppy kid and just you know picking up some weight because <laughs> i haven't done anything and then just uh got into sports a little bit more but i never was unathletic like it doesn't matter how i looked and whatever i always was really like moving a lot and very active um, but in the end, like I lost my passion for football because back in that day, I, I did not got the business aspect of it. And I was a huge fan of Borussia Dortmund and all my favorite players just left the club and I did not understand it. I was, for me, was kind of like, oh, you betray and that's not loyalty and blah, blah, blah. But of course, if you get a better contract and you have to, you know, make sure you're fine and the money offers better in some way or another, it's, but I, I didn't got it, especially if, if, if they went to buy Munich or anything. I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so, but then in the end, like even like for me uh, as an active uh, soccer player, a football player, uh, I played in a club and I it wasn't nothing for me because for me it was always the thing like uh, I played defense and then when somebody scored and I was playing myself and it's a group game and you have to depend on the other person. So um, training, free time, street playing, I was okay, but at the game, I was too nervous. So I, it wasn't something for me. And then again, I lost my passion. And then in that time also, again, 2000, my passion for, uh, for professional wrestling was uh, ignited again. So then I found uh, no a buddy of mine, my best buddy in that time, school buddy, we both been all uh, serious like wrestling fans, like really crazy after school, nothing else, just wrestling, 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 playing the video games, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And then some dudes on the street just walked around and say, hey, we know your buddy. And he told us like, you're a wrestling fan. So we have a wrestling club. You want to come by? So yeah, I bring a friend with me. Yeah, just, you know, come along and just, just, you know, figure it out or just see if it's something for you and, whatever so that was basically the start of my like being a professional athlete just learn how to kind of like control your body for the bumps and for the techniques and for the slams and so that kind of got me stuck into it but i would say i started to become more an athlete with being a wrestler already but then 2006 when i went to a professional wrestling school because then 
uh, they put you through a program where you had to do this kind of like drills or this kind of like exercises, sometimes in a competing way, sometimes in a group like uh, a way in a way of like, hey, this amount of push-ups you, you guys in this group of five have to do right now and you have like 15 minutes time. So, and then I started like picking up more like the way of, oh, I have to go to the gym. And then later, more like with that knowledge I have right now that came um, along with just touring more, just being more influenced by other superstars, also like uh, some some other athletes in the sport game. And then also when I started 2015 with WWE, just having a coach with the knowledge and the education puts you through a professional fitness program where he tells you do this amount of reps, do this amount of exercise, have um, the technique right there straight, do this better, do that better. You know, so it's it's all a process. So, yeah, you said um about like drawing different influences from like sports outside and within wrestling. Uh, so, who in wrestling influenced you, and who out of wrestling influenced you? So, in wrestling, I'm a huge Steve Austin fan. Um, when I when I started uh, watching wrestling in 2000s, uh, first there there was The Rock. I was very like impressed. He was my main guy in that time, of course, was his year, in my opinion. And then Steve Austin came back and I was kind of like, you know, you, you know that meme where the guy walks with his girl and turns around to the other girl? That was me, like, <laughs> you know, watching yeah. Steve Austin. Yeah. So uh, then I researched and then I fell back into the whole Attitude Era, like what happens before 99, 98, and which definitely was Steve Austin year. So... Um, he influenced me like watching and just being all over the place. And he was my number one guy. And number two guy was Kane at that time. And also like the rock in that kind of way as well. And yeah, but outside, I think it was more like uh, guys like who had a career um, in the way of like a normal life career. So let's say, um, I know it's 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 a stereotypical uh, topic like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was never into bodybuilding, no, still not. But he was a guy where I said, "Oh, uh, he's the biggest movie uh, actor right now. He's the biggest movie star." And then somebody tells you, "Yeah, but he's from Austria and he started with weightlifting." What? Okay. So, but it, it wasn't that time where he actually had like roles with a lot of like uh, not lyrics with a lot of like text so <laughs> he spoke a lot it wasn't a terminator where it's just said i'll be back and sarah connor you know so that was one of the main figures and i think in uh, like central europe especially like when you have something to do where you have to look a certain way or whatever it's always like oh look at the movie character look at like Arnold Schwarzenegger so he's probably one of the guys but not so much as wrestling because again wrestling was for me all over the place back in the day also Brock Lesnar because when he was in WWE I uh, was a fan of him but I became more fan of him when he left WWE and found his way into the UFC and then I was mature enough just to realize how much a working horse he is and how much like he puts dedication, what he wants to do. And he, he has this goal and he achieves it. So, and then he came back WWE and me just being a professional wrestler and just study his work and the way he does it, um, where a lot of people hate him for like, 
being picky and not showing up every day. But like for me, it's like he's such a smart business guy. And when he performs, he performs on a different level and makes people look so good um, when he has like those matches. So awesome. Brock Lesnar and I think in private life, like more like the movie stars, but like especially like guy like Schwarzenegger who came from nothing and just became this huge megastar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some great figures. Um, sticking kind of with that subject of you know people that you you looked up to and 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 drew influence from, and kind of going to now in terms of people that you say would like to wrestle. I know you're, you're traveling around a lot all around yep. Europe and stuff like that, wrestling various people. And saw you this past weekend uh, at the Progress Show against Warren Banks. It was a great, great match. And, and saw you. you again in, in the tag match as well, back with Damo. And that was really, really nice to see. Um, who do you want to wrestle? Are there, have you kind of got a, a bucket list of people that you would like to wrestle? Not specifically, because time will, will, will change so much. And, you know, last year was contract by WWE and I had to, the possibility to challenge or not to challenge bullshit, just to, to face people who've been in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, now with uh, being back on the Indies, uh, there's a different availability. Let's, let's keep with that. But like in my, so let's, 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 let's do kind of like, let's split it off a little bit. So unrealistically, because I'm not contracted to those companies, um, I do not really have a list, but I have kind of like an, an, an thinking of who I would love to to wrestle, and it's it's like of co- of course a, a guy like Brock Lesnar, but it's probably unrealistic. Um, HS Styles, I always was a big fan of HS Styles. Um, I was I was kind of like thriving for a match against uh, uh, Walter Gunther right mm-hmm. now. Because uh, one of my best wrestling friends and uh, I wrestled him a lot, but also like on the bigger stage would be always good. And like he's he, he can wrestle with a broomstick, so he makes always <laughs> like chicken salad, uh, salad out of chicken shit. Um, so then when you go like towards AEW and stuff, like so of course like Daniel Bryan and uh, John Moxley, I like the whole uh, Blackpool Combat Club situation right now. It's pure gold in my opinion. But also you have like a lot of uh, crazy, good, talented guys on the show. And just just uh, being kind of around like best of the best, I believe. Um, on the inner circuit, it's probably more realistic just to square up with some guys. So Jonathan Cresham, because I love technical wrestling and he's one of the best, that topic and very unique even in this big part of, of uh, like this, this chapter of this art, which is professional wrestling, like the technical wrestling, but also uh, Kara Noah, he's, it's, it's realistic to, to face him. I would love to face him because he's one of those last gatekeepers in indie wrestling, which, you know, he could get signed anywhere right at the moment because yeah. he's, he's an awesome performer. His art is amazing. He's a great athlete. So, right. So I, I'm wondering why he's not signed, but probably there's some reasons to that. Um, and then uh, let's, let's try. So I'm, I'm trying to think about people. Um, I haven't worked. So, and uh, I have worked since I'm back in the Indies, a couple a couple of guys who um, went pretty impressive and everything, but 
let me add to that uh, perfect Chris Ridgeway because he's also like uh, a very nice technical guy, more like striking. Um, I'm thinking about Japan right now. And I think about like, it's like pro wrestling. Noah is pretty interesting right now. Also New Japan wrestling. Um, pro wrestling Noah and Nakajima. I was uh, love to watch his matches. Awesome athlete and the way he... Uh, uh, his progress, you know, his progress of his career, his abilities. I saw him the first time in 2011 in a match against Ricky Marvin at uh, Noah Navigation Show uh, with like uh, combined with WXW. Uh, it was an amazing match and the way he, he does his stuff. So that's pretty impressive. And now his current work for Corsic Noah is pretty impressive. Um, I think Ishii is uh, a household name, which I would love to work because he is such a constantly uh, solid, great wrestler in yeah. the way. So when you see his stuff, and it, he does that a lot, but what he does is, is, is awesome. And every match I see is, is very entertaining. And of course, like the big ones like Okada and Naito and Ibushi. And I had the chance to work with Ibushi once on NXT in a um, NXT TV in a tag team match. And that was awesome. Yeah, but um, yeah, Pro Wrestling Noah, Go Shiyosaki, for example, he's always one of the greats there as well. Uh, Kenta, I would love to work with Kenta again, worked with him in NXT as well. And yeah, and again, I could like think about and find so many names, but like for me, it's always a good challenge, a good possibility, like a high caliber draw match would be amazing. And in some interviews, I also mentioned it's it's not only about like the, the the athletes the person the wrestler i would love to work also on my bucket list are more like arenas so i would love to perform in the tokyo dome i would love to have the chance to be inside madison square garden i wrestled at the theater for madison square garden but not in the actually madison square garden um i would love to work in mexico one of like the big stadiums like the so like big arenas, like where you have this whole packed crowd and everything. And I feel uh, I missed out a little bit on in WWE on the big stadiums. Didn't have a chance to perform at WrestleMania or Royal Rumble. Uh, so this is definitely still on my bucket list just to have like, you know, something there where I can go out and just take my time and just watch around. Awesome. Um, it's good to have got like kind of stay focused with stuff like that as well, I guess. Um, I like motivated them. Speaking yeah. of which, that goes nicely into the next question. Uh, how did you manage to keep yourself motivated during the pandemic? Obviously, being in WWE, um, yeah. weren't you in, were you in NXT UK at the time? I'm right. Yes. 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 Um, I stayed motivated for us all. Just stay away from media. <laughs> Stay away from news and everything because yeah. that's that's what what sucks out your positivity. To be honest, you know, because yeah. when you watch that, there's never anything what's got reported which makes you a better day. News is rarely positive, and especially around that time, it's just gloom. Yeah, and it, every it, time it, 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 it's all it's it's all the same BS. And quite frankly, it's it's annoying because. It's 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 a narrative. It's it's an opinion. Everybody has their opinion, and you see it. What happened is two, two years that uh, humanity separate themselves even even further. It doesn't matter if it's about a virus, it's about a war, it's about a movement, it's about whatever. But um, 
it's it's kind of if if you if you if you're smart enough to stay off that topic so for example when when corona hit right if i would have known that corona hit i would not known what's going on it would probably you know because i'm i was at home i knew because of course everybody had to know because we live in a social media world we live like in a, in a newsworthy world and also like i got briefed by wwe in a way of like hey this is going on and we have to take this precaution and blah 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 but in the end for me i stood home with my wife with my kid um we had to kind of like do the precaution with wearing a mask in supermarket yeah who cares um you had to you know limit yourself in like you you cannot go anymore to, to a cinema which i wasn't going you cannot go to any other something shows yeah but i could stay at home with my family so i'm not touring all the time so that kept me thriving and positive so um i always try to to kind of like see the bright side of light uh, yeah so if if you're like the class right half full half empty for me always yeah. half full because um that time i was in a schedule which was pretty sweet and then i couldn't do anything for half a year so i used it year just to do different things which i would not have kind of like the time for and a lot of times it was for me just being out there and just playing with my son and just and the other thing just you know uh, i tried to stream a bit like over twitch which uh, was pretty funny, but not not tend to do that anymore because I'm not good in doing two things at one time. Um, and then in the end, it was just me just trying to stay active and not being bothered about the BS, what's going on. Like I, I had a lot of friends who just uh, got like hurt by this pandemic financially and physically. I got it twice. Once I had it like for two weeks and I was funnily uh no no yeah in a funny way funnily in a funny way uh almost dead but luckily not because it could have happened right it's um it uh, i had something with my kidneys but it was not really covid related but maybe it was because of that but anyway um went for four days in hospital just came back and had to recover six uh six weeks I had like a heart inflammation and uh, then it was okay. And yeah, so I was lucky enough just to, to, to had it and just to survive it. Um, and then I had it again for a brief time, I guess, because a quick test told me, but in the end, like it's, it's a, it's a thing. I was lucky enough to be not really just being affected by it, but I feel very, very sorry. And it's very, very sad that a lot of people, they had their issues with it in a healthy way, uh, in a health way, in a mental health way, in a financial way. So it probably sucked the life out of people. And like, for me, it was kind of like staying away from the topic enough just to not get like in that, in the cloud, if that yeah. makes sense getting too bogged down with it and yeah just sap yeah. it yeah exactly yeah but i mean did you stay as as much as you could sort of stay physical throughout the pandemic yeah. as well obviously you weren't wrestling as regular as you as, as you normally would do and you say you, you still managed to get more of that downtime with your family and stuff in but obviously yeah. 
keeping physical as well like were you able to yeah, go to a gym and there, you do not have to uh, like a gym is awesome but gym is also luxury so um i have uh, like a deck of cards so you do <laughs> deck of cards right or just run or then we had the second lockdown in germany and i just bought myself gym equipment in the basement and did my fundamentally uh, like my fundamental lifting stuff the deadlifts the squats the bench press whatever arose uh with like a barbell some weights and a landmine and you know so it's um you you always can do something and even if you do not have the money for gym equipment you can do like uh what's what's the name of it like your 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 calisthenic movement uh, athletic <laughs> stuff on even if you do sprints or whatever because you're well allowed to go outside and if not you can do your stuff at home if you have the space and if you have the time of course mm. when you do try to do push-ups and you have like a three-year-old son who's kind of like piggyback you so there you have some weights <laughs> extra weight <laughs> yeah that's it but yeah. that's what i mean like you it's something where it's not annoying it's kind of like funny and then you you find a way but when you when you try to stay positive in a lot of things uh again you, you're not clouded with those negative things so you see a clear path and again if if the sun doesn't shine today maybe tomorrow and today it rains so yeah Put the flowers out so you know they can grow better <laughs> stuff like that so everyone is a nice positive way of looking at it i like it yeah. um so you, you spoke then about um having the chance to during the pandemic to, to be back home and, and and in germany um yeah. and obviously we, we spoke about your time in nxt and, and in the states and stuff like that so what challenges did you face kind of moving from germany moving from europe over to the states and then obviously back again afterwards yeah so the first challenge, um, or let's say it, it wasn't the big challenge to move from Germany to the States, because in that time I did not had anything uh, which would kept me. Um, before I got signed, I was in a relationship and then it broke up because two different mindsets and two different paths. So at that time, my girlfriend she was she was great and she taught me a lot and just probably taught me just you know to not she, she kind of like grew the adult of me uh being more realistic and being more kind of like you know think twice before i do anything uh but she was not a big fan of wrestling she was kind of like accepting it because i loved it but in the end she was not wanting to move to the states and did not like america in general um so then I moved to the States with two suitcases full of clothes and belongings. And then I built up my own life and probably moved it into my first own apartment when I moved over to the States. So that was quite easy because I always loved to travel and I always was able just to survive with nothing and just, you know, find my ground again somewhere where. So sometimes I lived like for one and two weeks in France, did not speak any not one sentence of France, like those <laughs> words and hand sign and i uh, was touring uh um, almost a month in japan uh, and everything so I, I was fine with that um of course it was different because i just moved over full-time and then after one month there came um, a time where i was kind of like culture shocked because the european culture is very different than the american culture if it's even if it's both 
like Western influenced, but like America is way different. I don't know if, if you guys went to America once, but yeah, it's yeah. it's and especially Germany. Like in England, England and America is is still different, way different, but it's more similar. In Germany, we Germans are sometimes not friendly, you know, <laughs> but it's not because we are dickheads, it's mm. just because how we are. If, if you greet somebody and say hello, and then you say, hey, how are you? That's a conversation you would have with your, with your mates or with your f- best friends or with your family. But stranger asking, how are you? No. Do I know you? Excuse me? <laughs> Not even excuse me, right? So I know it's very this. stoic. <laughs> My it, ex-girlfriend it, was from Germany and we dated for, for five years and we used to yeah. visit frequently. So I understood that and I used to think, Oh, everyone's quite rude. Like I'm saying yeah. hi and hello and no one's saying yes. anything back. I was like, am yes. I doing something because wrong? Because they don't know you, but they don't, mm. know. it's, it's, it's weird. That's the way like we, we grew up. You kind of like being, who's that guy? <laughs> so, but in America was everybody, Hey, how are you? Great to see you, blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of, do we know each other? What do you want? <laughs> Money? Kind of, it was super crazy. And then they, uh, I remember we had in the performance center something like a culture, culture education, culture cross training, something where they explain uh, the American culture in some of the weirdest examples I ever have listened to. And I did not understand because for me it was stupid. And then also I have this learned disability where when, when my head says, you do not want to know this, you don't learn this, so fuck you. And then I kind of like start like pissing them off for on purpose. So I was kind of like try to trigger them just to be a little bit more, more honest, in my opinion, because a lot of times it's just this like, you hate your day right now, but here we go. Hey, how are you? Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Wow. You went to the bathroom? Great. Kind of like, but you want to say, dude, I don't care. I don't care. You know? So, and I, I recognized that and I was uh, starting like to piss the guy off. But in the end, they explained me the way you, you make friends, which is super complicated. And I never had this um, ever. So, and it's probably uh, uh, it's probably a little bit out of the time frame right now, but it's I don't know. You tell me if you have heard about it, if it's the same in the UK or not. So they explained to me if you meet somebody, you probably have a good conversation with, but that doesn't mean anything for me. If I have a good conversation with you, okay, we, we one step closer maybe to become buddies, mates, or friends. But if I'm not interested in you, I do not want to have a conversation with you. It doesn't matter which scenario period so they say good conversation hey uh you should like feel out if if there's more even for dating or anything but so you should feel out is there's more so then you could ask the guy hey uh that's it's nice to talk to you we maybe should have lunch together then you meet up for lunch you have another great conversation and then both parties decide if they want to go further and hey let's have dinner together and then you probably go to party and then after you become real friends but if you just say hey let's have lunch and he does not give you a sexy time or will not call you back it's just a nice way to tell you let's keep the distance and i do not interest in a friendship 
Yeah. So yeah. it sounds super complicated. And their dating system with the three dates and then the first you kiss and the third one you land in bed or whatever. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. Like, like I'm I'm always a straightforward guy and I, like very diplomatic because I, I do not want to be like super rude and super harsh. And I do not like from the get go, like shut up and, you know, fuck off but it's kind of like in a different way like kind of like yeah uh, bye or whatever but i'm i'm pretty straightforward in a lot of things even when i dated girls or when i when i make friendship or whatever it's it's that feeling out right there hey we have something in common it's a nice chat we have and everything and then hey, next time you see this person again hey what's up buddy whatever and then more and more and more so it's it's not so complicated as it sounds how they do it and if they do it, it's a pretty weird way. And like, quite, quite frankly, it's it's kind of like an 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 un uh, uh, un honest way, not an yeah. honest way, an un, untruthful yeah. way, because like, it's kind of like you like want to tell sincere. you you want to invite him to to dinner, but you don't. Just you say <laughs> it, it because you do not want to be rude. So it's kind of lying, I believe. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I had this culture shock deal, and also with like different way of doing financials like with checks they had it and just understanding and also still learning the language that was one of the biggest parts i just spoke english in the way i could communicate in a in a proper way let's say in a in a in an okay way and then i had um the first year i had uh english lessons every wednesday for one hour and um they they, they taught me english with just being uh the grammar and the, the 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 verbs and the nouns and just you know how to describe something better and business stuff so i learned words like deposit or insurance stuff like this so i didn't knew before so that's that's basically like what i had like as kind of like as, as a challenge just to be there but like living there in florida whew, amazing just i hate winter so i was you know, Florida was was my my place to be, and then moving back from the states to Germany was adapting the states, the lifestyle in Florida, and just being super super easy. So the land of the free is was or was for me not only a term. I really felt free in America. I really felt very easy paced and the traffic was easy the road speed super big so you do not have to watch out for the narrow street and everything even if they say oh there's a narrow street or was even double the size than the street in london for example <laughs> um and then just being being in the sun constantly just you know people are being super nice and nobody cared about what the other guy does and blah 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 coming back in germany and seeing all those faces uh, sitting on a cashier uh, like like just supermarket everybody's like uh, like this and <laughs> it's, it's kind of like just being back in this like whole cloud of just negativity and you know like as germany for example is like there's a there's a is a joke about um you have like a nice big castle and there's the englishman coming so that's a nice castle mate look at this it's so beautiful <laughs> and then there's the italian guy saying oh what the gas look oh so beautiful the flags and everything and then the german guy comes to i do not want to clean those windows because there's so many windows in there. <laughs> so this is kind of like how germany is like this is like every time so what do you want and yeah please and thank you does not exist what do you want kind of like it's <laughs> 
it's weird. Like even today, I went to the to the to the uh, try to buy some tools. As uh, cannot find a section, just went to one of the ladies. Uh, Excuse me, uh, I have a question I would like to ask. And then there's this pause, and she was looking at me. What do you want? I said, uh, I would love to ask you where this is this section number five. So it was kind of this is this. I said, okay, thank you. Waiting. Okay, let's go. Uh, nothing <laughs> back. There's just probably people are sick of their lives here, especially after the pandemic. Where mm. again, you don't know what, what what happened to that person on the day, but it's it's kind of like weird. You have like sunny Florida, and they come back to Germany and say uh, another culture shock. Yeah, even though it's a culture you're used to when you you've been yes. accustomed and grown used to something yes. completely different. Yes, a culture shock and coming ta- back to your own culture. Also, also the laws, Texas. <laughs> if you want to pay taxes in Germany, that's where there are like uh, uh, books about how to do your taxes in Germany, just for Germany, because it's so wow stupid. It's it's <laughs> like Germans are very efficient, but to a point where it's ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> like overly efficient. <laughs> yes, it's only if you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like, people are bored like here. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine what that's like because like I whenever I've like been on holiday even coming back home like after like a week or two away it's, it feels weird to me so doing that after like a couple of years must be insane yeah um so just to uh, move on then um to the next thing we were going to ask uh what kind of preparations did you have to make obviously you were in two factions within uh, NXT uh Sanity and Imperium obviously two very different kind of characters what kind of preparations as far as like character work did you have to do to change with that um for imperium not as much as for sanity uh imperium is more uh the the professional wrestling part of uh just you know a group of athletes who have this agenda of you know the mat is sacred and we want to protect the honesty and the integrity of this business where we uh, see everybody as a threat who is not kind of the same athlete and the same, who who does not honor the business of professional wrestling the same way we do. Uh, so everybody who's flying, everybody who has fun, where everybody who's dancing, who's who's more like sports entertainment, let's, let's use that, is the enemy. And it's a threat to the integrity of our business because it's all like, and especially like when you see, like you always have those ABC wrestlers and then you have one who sticks out. Um, dancing character, for example, get him out, beat him down. He needs to go because he he, he embarrasses us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sanity was the thing that, I had to adjust from a resting steel because the the way you see me at uh, Imperium right now, that's more me, uh, especially in Imperium, like the catch resting aspect of it. But with Sanity was the instruction of you're not allowed to wrestle and you are too smooth. You should not be that crisp. You should be more like rocket and you should be more edgy. So with Sanity was the thing I had to find a new way just to portray the character and then later find back to me that I can sprinkle my own salt and pepper in it. Um, I remember there was a day where um, 
at the television taping and it was that match uh, which I said when I wrestled Ibushi it was for the Dusty Classics I guess mm-hmm. and it was sort of fault to myself as brand it was probably the second TV match we had a sanity together um, against Ibushi and TJP and I remember I just was super excited Ibushi hell yeah it's wrestled with dude so I wrestled with him, put him in a headlock, made everything snug and everything. And apparently back uh, at the production, uh, Triple H lost their shit because <laughs> Sanity was his vision and was his creation way. What I want to have a group of dudes who kind of been psychopath killers like the Tremor Brothers from Smoking Aces, which mm-hmm. is a great movie. If you haven't watched yeah. it, yeah, you, you need to watch it. Um, <laughs> And I want to have those dudes and they need to be different. And yeah. So in the end, we had the talks of about like, you have to get this down. Otherwise they will replace you. And that was, um, that, that was a nice gut shot, but an, an gut shot, which motivates me just to be different. And then I remember I just figured out, okay, just I watched that movie over and over again, the scenes where the Tremor Brothers being in, in the elevator and just, you know, and, and the intro- introduction scene of that. And I always pictured myself as the, the, the Chris Pond guy, like so the middle guy, because the bigger guy with the Moha was, was Sawyer Fulton and the little guy who always fought with the bigger guy. Uh, that was kind of like Eric Young for me, but also me as well, because Chris Pine and that one was the leader and Eric was the leader. So, but I, that's why that's why he had like <laughs> yeah, hair because yeah. <laughs> he kind of had like the same hair and I still have it to that day. Uh-huh. So, and for me was the thing also like uh, just, just, put some different recipes in the entire soup. And then I just discovered some other uh, movie characters or some other other characters, which I could like get in there. And one was uh, the Joker as well, but not only one Joker, but just a variety of Jokers, you know. So of course Heath, Heath Ledger Joker, because he he's a masterpiece, but also like the comic Joker. That's why the, the, the crazy laugh. Mm-hmm. And then I figured out how to kind of like put my own uh, character in there, my own, uh, what I would do. That's why the mosh pit dancing, because I'm a huge hardcore fan and I like to hit the pit and just be like violent dancer, you know, just yep. <laughs> go nuts and stuff like this. So that is, that's one of my passions. So then in the end, like I had to create like this, this, like mix it all together. So as you can tell, the preparation for that was, was even more, but it was a fun part, especially when you performed that. And I remember when I first did the mosh pit stuff, people were be like, huh? And you do it to a point where they go with it. And I always end up with like an, a double spin kick. And after spin kick, I got like, because they never have seen it and they dig it. And uh, I remember was on a television taping uh, the, the third match against TMDK, TM61 at that time mm-hmm. in LA. Yeah. And LA is, you know, Orange County hardcore. So they know what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And they digged it as well. So, yeah, but it was a fun process. And even thinking about it, it just gets, it gets me smiling because I remember that time it was very exciting because it was something you felt, okay, there's something going there's something behind it and if we stick to it and we going forward it will be great 
Yeah, just talking about that that whole thing you're saying about when you're in Orange County and that kind of that hardcore scene. Just to divert slightly, I remember seeing you a good few years ago uh, when NXT did the Download Festival here in the UK, and I saw you there. It was just every time I die. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just remember, like, yeah, he's one of the guys. He gets it. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, will, I actually that that was that was a crazy accident. That was cool. Um, I, I remember it was was it during? No, it was before Brooklyn. But we had. I was a part of the first download. Mm-hmm. That was not sanity already. We had, like Sawyer and I. We did our reps with yeah. it. And then the second year, I guess, there was, uh, there was Sanity with us. Uh, yeah, but one of the one of the concerts that was Every Time I Die playing. Mm-hmm. And I remember Andy uh, Butcher, he came uh, backstage and just hang out because a lot of, uh, lot of the lads, he, he knew him from um, just, you know, being around and everything. Awesome guy, by the way. Nice. He's, he's a lovely dude. So, and he came around and like, the first time I met him, just briefly talk, you know, and then he said, yeah, just, you know, come tomorrow to the show. If you want to uh, bring you up uh, on, the, on the stage, you can watch the show and everything. And I was yeah, cool. Why not? But I hate to be on stage. I hate it. The sound sucks because, you know, mm, behind the audio the is going towards yeah. the people. So you stand behind the the, mm-hmm. the boxes. Not cool, and I, and I I get I get anxious. For me, it's like I have to go, like just you want to be in there, letting loose. Yeah, the last time I was there, uh, um, like my favorite band, one of my favorite bands, Stick to Your Guns, and they played a tour with Terror, and then like in a little club in West Palm Beach, and I was standing there and then watching Terror just playing from the stage. I stood there with my buddy from Stick to Your Guns. I had to stage stage dive in there, kind of like <laughs> so. That's that's what I feel in that moment. Yeah, that's yeah. what I feel. Uh, in that time when they played, I was preparing for my match because I was the opener for the next block. Right. And I was that tired and I, I, I couldn't wake myself up. So I, I drank a black coffee and then I figured, hey, wait a minute. I looked, we had all schedule. Every time I die is playing and I would, when, the, when they're done, it's probably half an hour till they open the show. I just went to the concert, but I didn't went on the stage. I went inside the pit in yeah. my gear. So I kept the boots off, but like I had already dressed like my sanity gear and just went in there and just went nuts. And that was my warm up. And then I came back and put the boots on. And then I had a brief talk with the guy and just, and we had the first match. That was the best experience ever. I never Amazing. forget that. And that was also cool because people came over from the tent and probably pictured me because my sanity gear looked like a little bit like a clown so like with the stripes on the one yeah, yeah, on yeah. one side from the pants and they they kind of i saw this guy right here now he's right here what the fuck so <laughs> Amazing. that was funny yeah, yeah. man but that always a warm-up to be fair that's it yeah <laughs> um again like it's just to deviate so like you talk, talk about music and like you love a lot of like heavy metal hardcore and stuff I keep meaning to ask you, who does your your music that you use, your entrance music? Because I meant like I heard it for the first time at the progress show. I'm just like, wow, like this yeah. is real heavy. I don't know who this is, but I love it. So his name is Dave Krunewald, and you couldn't look it up. Um, when you go on Instagram, he's not that much on Twitter, mm-hmm. but Instagram is, is the place to be for him. Uh, Dave Krunewald or X Hightower X. Okay. He's a he's a very good friend of mine, even maybe my best friend. 
because uh, he was the front singer of a band named Annie is Okay. So Annie's Okay. Okay. Um, they got very famous and they had a lot of tours like international from Russia to the States over Japan and everything. Um, he separated from them, uh, I think before the pandemic. And then he tried to do something for, for himself, like earn a singer career. Then the pandemic hit, uh, it got uh, a record uh, label for him and everything. So yeah, he, he got pretty bad, uh, like, you know, with the pandemic and everything. Mm. So, but uh, again, he's my buddy. And I know for a fact that you always have to make a good first impression. And you always have to think that when you go to a wrestling show, the people out there never seen you before. So the first impression is always the entrance. Mm-hmm. So here comes he, uh, uh, Dave Grunewald uh, uh, in play. I ask him, hey, do you know somebody? Wink, wink. You could do uh, music for me. He said, yeah, I can do it. I could sing it. And he did the lyrics for it. Amazing lyrics. Um, and he had a friend, uh, Max. He always played in the band. It was uh, Walking Dead on Broadway. And he is the guy who created the song. So what I did, I just collected some songs. I sent it to him, which I would like to have as an entrance. Mm-hmm. They made kind of samples. I said, yes, I like this. No, I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. He made the song, he recorded it. And then I had a song. So for everybody, you can listen to the song on Spotify. Just have a look for X, Hightower X. And the song is called The Howling. And in the end, the song you hear on Progress was is a WWE song with the lyrics from Dave. Because they will not play they do not want to play my song because they do not own it no. so and i had the discussion with wxw before and they sent me kind of samples of what they have in their uh, library so i choose that song the song is called tremor and he just you know put the lyrics on there so he got the song for me put the lyrics on there so that's why i have this entrance but it's a cool song though it's 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 a it's it's a typical babyface song in my opinion. It's it's heavy, but like for for people who love yeah. like heavy music, it's it's more like a clear song, and also like my original song is way better than this song. So check it out. <laughs> will do, will do. Um, so just going back, we we spoke about the kind of the preparations and stuff between Sanity and, and Imperium, um, and then going into kind of the difference between wrestling on on SmackDown and NXT and NXT UK, what were the differences there? And did you have to adjust and, and, and anything involved in that? Def- definitely production and also SmackDown was always live. So when I was wrestling on SmackDown, it's live and you have to stick to your time no matter what. Otherwise you are not professional, just just simple as it is. So especially when you, when you the first or whatever segment, you're not the last segment. Every every second you go over, you take it away from the main event or from the next segment. And that's not camaraderie. You have to stick to your time. Um, working for NXT and NXT UK, when it was taped, it was way easier because you should have stick to your time. But when you go a minute or so over, they can adjust it on the, on the editing part. So that was easier. And also if you fuck something up, you just take your time, you start again, you do it again, and this time it works, and then they will edit the fuck about. So 
that's <laughs> beauty of television a lot of times you, you do the you do here uh mm -hmm. go <laughs> and people are in there just being like what what's that, what's that? <laughs> yeah but live television it's live so you cannot adjust mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but in general like smackdown and main roster in general a huge production so many people involved there from the guys who set up the arena to the writers and the producers and all the wrestlers and the guys who, who are uh, at catering, just, you know, surfing food constantly and just making sure that everybody's good, like the trainers, the physical therapist, yada, yada, yada. NXT, a little bit smaller. You have your physicians and your doctors there, of course. Um, you have some writers, you have some producers, you have two or three guys in charge. Like in NXT, it was always Triple H. Then later you had Shawn Michaels, Matt Bloom, and the head writer. So basically one guy to talk and three guys to go with. So easy. SmackDown, you had Vince McMahon when he was there and available. And then you had the right on the left hand, probably Michael Hayes. And back in the day, it was Hunter when he was there. Uh, now it's Bruce Bridges. So you had kind of like you have to go out the hierarchy but also you got a writer for yourself or the producer but when you had an idea you had to pitch it and it's kind of like had to go here to there to there and super complicated and there's like the whole system up there is is, is nuts uh nx uk was even smaller than the regular nxt because you had hbk you had the head writer back in the time it was uh Joe Becastro, awesome guy. Really uh, love to work with him. And then you had, I think, Jim Smallman. He's still with NXT UK, the former, uh, one of the owners of Progress and the former ring announcer. Awesome guy as well. Really like to work with him as well. Easy, easy fella. Um, and very professional as well. So um, just those guys. And they had like a script and everything. And NXT UK was, was sugar sweet. It was awesome. Like the schedule was amazing. Uh, you are at this performance center filled with passionate wrestling guys. Really want to do professional wrestling. First choice. Um, and then you do not you do not have to kind of like uh, be reminded about that you walk on eggshells, if that makes sense. Because when you be in the US uh, performance center, it was a little much like, you know, because in the end, you are a big family, you are a big group, but also you have to watch out for each other because if a guy comes in who's not familiar with the traditions and like the entire wrestling business, he will mess things up and he will probably do a stupid mistake where everybody kind of gets reminded about something. And it's kind of like, you know, when you have like your little uh, brother there and he's kind of like, yeah, I don't know, clean up your room and you hear that and you always clean up your room, but you hear that again because he de he didn't, you know, and you do not want to hear it. So, and a lot of times that wasn't the case in NXT UK because everybody was professional. Everybody acted like a true pro. Um, and even like resting there was, was easier. So mm. it like... And Next UK was really fun and production wise it was easy biscuit. Nice, nice. Yeah, it definitely it's definitely like one of my favorite things to watch like that WWE's putting out at the moment, just because as yeah. you say, it's a bit more kind of wrestling oriented. Um so with like being back now with like WXW and back on the indie scene, 
what's the difference like between before going to the WWE and after? Like, how's it changed, and what's what kind of like new sort of challenges are there for you? Um, in in general, uh, the production got bigger and more professional. I left WXW or the indie scene in 2015, and it, it got up to a level that was pretty good. I remember being a part of WXW where we grew the entire franchise, uh, franchise the entire company um, as a whole with the first tours through Germany, with the first shows outside of Germany. Uh, developing kind of the characters and like the entire company, the entire brand of WXW as a whole. Uh, and then when I left 2015, uh, my, my last big, big appearance was a 16 character 2015. Uh, that was already like a big stage feeling. And then over the years, it just grew massively. Like when, for example, like uh, more international uh, um, kind of like eyes, got on the product to the point where 2000 and no 2000 yeah 2020 was the last big 16 karat gold tournament this year was the kind of like the 16 karat after pandemic Mm -hmm. but it was not as big as 2020 where you had three days the entire arena filled with people over thousands of fans in there and just being nuts and that was was great. That was kind of like, okay, wrestling is going back to the great times where they had like, you know, like CWA times where they had tournaments over weeks where every day was a four-figure number in the tent and just being all over the place for wrestling. So it, um, basically wrestling grew a lot. But then I came back after pandemic and I remember it was like kind of the light uh, of the end of the tunnel for the whole like lockdowns and everything. And the first show was for me, uh, for WXW, uh, where they had the chance just to draw a limited amount of 800 people inside a venue. And they did something like 700-ish. So that was a, a good comeback for me. It was um, a nice welcome back. Uh, in general, like, I think... The passion for wrestling grows, and especially when you see like markets like Hungary, which is a total surprise to me. But you have a lot of like passionate talents in Hungary, guys like uh, Peter Tiani, or um, they're like the the Gulag brothers or Kulash brothers. Uh, so in general, and like you have to credit that to Icarus and Dover, they beat the arrows of Hungary. And they are they they are very passionate about professional wrestling. They also have a promotion called Passion Pro Wrestling. Uh, it's it's free to watch on YouTube, so check it out if you want to. It's definitely uh, uh, worth to watch. So and they they wrestled in the UK. They wrestled all over Europe, and they took that passion and trained some guys, and they they passed it on like from newcomers to newcomers so it's pretty interesting there and then out of nowhere it's like hungary is a beautiful country but it's somewhere in eastern europe so you never have heard from maybe or you do not know there's resting so but in general like germany uh, was filled with newer talents some of them very exciting some of them not so much um depend where they come from depend how much they put into it but in my case, very exciting because new faces 
show up and new um, new wrestlers showed up at places like WXW, which I already had the chance to work with or uh, will work in the future. So for me, was more the intention of just becoming myself again, mm -hmm. um, becoming a newer myself. And I'm, I thrive to constantly improve constantly becoming a better person day after day after day uh the way i look the way i handle myself the way uh i work and that was for me the first goal so i did not really have the time just to look left and right whatever comes in front of me whatever let's say whatever uh strikes my 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 uh, attention because I'm, i'm very focused about my own path right now so but a lot of people just showed up and just kind of like sparked my interest in in maybe maybe working with them in the future or I have worked with them already or just being kind of like amused and just entertained. You know what I mean? Nice, nice. Um, so to round off, for anyone listening that is an aspiring professional wrestler, young or old, um, do you have any advice for anyone wanting to get into wrestling? Yeah, uh, believe in yourself. That's that's the number one. Because if you if you if you doubt yourself, you probably will not have the courage or will not have, you know, the the will just to do it. If you want to become a professional wrestler, you have to know it's it's a hard path. It's an, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like an like in hard path in the way of like you will probably spend a lot of time money energy you will lose friends you will lose relationships um it it's 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 right now like like language barrier i try to figure out the word for what like in like in, anyway you have to believe in yourself and you have to know that you need to put the hard work in If you have the talent, also. But if you do not have the talent, if you work hard, I believe hard work outworks talent. Because if you have talent, but you do not work hard, you just waste your talent. But you have to know you you have to go to training. You have to find a professional wrestling school. Just study wrestling 24-7 the best as you can. Especially nowadays with social media, you go on Instagram instead of just, you know, following half naked chicks or just boys you just you know follow all the resting channels where put up the little clips of the best matches or whatever even if you watch stuff like i don't know like uh, the the best resting matches ever or whatever it's just when you consume it and you put the passion behind it and you really want to do it then do it and when you in that no you never stop learning you never stop improving so It, the hard work will not stop when you did your first match, when you have won your first championship, when you, I don't know, like you, you, you have like one of those achievements. So for me, for example, I just had, I'm, I'm fortunate enough just to, um, to still work as a professional wrestling, just to make a living out of there. But um, every, every match and every success, it's for me, just another one. And then I'm looking forward for another one. And I, want to become a better next day or next week and the next it's also if you have your last match 
that's the way you are right now. And if last match is not good, you have to kind of like even that out. And when the next match is good, you have to do the next match, the next match. So it's a very competitive business and you have to be competitive and you have to love it also. So that's the thing. So I'm, I'm still trying to think what, what's the translation for that? It's uh, <laughs> it, un, ungrateful. Okay. It's an ungrateful business. Right, and right. Uh, I always used to say wrestling is an asshole because it will chew you up and spit you out without even looking. You have to really love it. It's 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 unforgiving, otherwise, ungrateful. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you. For example, I uh, when when I when I when I drive, let's say WXW, I drive five to six hours for probably ten to twenty minutes, fame, <laughs> inside a mm. bubble mm. where basically probably some people in the venue care about. I could stay home eat chips play playstation whatever do like but no i love it so much and especially when you drive five to six hours with some guys you love as well and like and like your travel bodies or whatever your 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 your, your travel crew it's even better because then you spend time with people you like and they they share the same passion with you so that whole life is amazing and especially right now for me my motivation is when I'm at home, I enjoy my time at home, but I'm looking forward to, for the next wrestling event. When I'm at the wrestling event, I enjoy it so much, but I'm looking forward to come home to my family. So it's both worlds, and it's, mm -hmm. for me, best ever. So that's why in the beginning, life is treating me so well. I'm so grateful for it, and I wish everybody can have the same. Amazing. Fantastic. Great words of advice. Thank you. I think that wraps things up. Unless you've got anything else, Jay. No. Um, no. All right. Me well, or James? Well, okay. e either of you. <laughs> All right. James, you go ahead. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I think that's covered it. Uh, just where can we find you to promote your stuff? You can find me on Instagram, xmen3016wolf, or on Twitter, xmen3016. Also, uh, on that, you have a link tree where you find some different places like a merch shop or um, links to my sponsors. And that's that's probably it. No, no Facebook, no nothing else. Just, you know, two mm -hmm. social media channels are way enough. That is, it is more than enough. <laughs> and where can yeah. people find you, uh, certainly for our UK listeners, in and around the UK or Europe over, over the next few months? I mentioned at the start, you, I think you're coming back over to the UK fairly soon. Yes, I will be back at Progress at May 15th, and I will be back in July for Wrestling Carnival. I think it's July 10th it's for Coventry. their it's show in Coventry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So see us again. Nice. Come nice. around. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> cool, man. Amazing. Axel, thank you so, so much for your time. Really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has um, been awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Axel the X-Men Tisher, and I want to welcome you to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Give it a listen, like and share, and remember, beware of the wolf.